Hey, really quick before we get into this episode, if you're hearing this intro, it means that my new podcast with my friend Veronica called Socially Unfiltered has officially launched and we would love for you to join us over there. I wanted to make sure I put this intro before all of the previous episodes of the Social Media Survival Guide podcast because just so much has changed since these episodes were published, but the content in these episodes still holds a very special place in my heart. So you may hear some links or some Instagram handles that I'm no longer using being mentioned in these episodes. So I just wanted to give you one place where you knew you could find everything. If you want to keep up with me, Lex, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is at justlexpage, J-U-S-T-L-E-X-P-A-I-G-E. And that's where you can find all of my social media content. It's where you can find all of the different ways we can work together and all of the resources I have to help you survive social media. And like I said, some links may be outdated. So if you're interested in any of my guides, any of my templates, or any of my resources for helping you survive social media, you can find everything at stan.store slash page, and I'll link everything in this description. But come join us over on the new podcast. Again, it's called Socially Unfiltered. You can find us on Instagram at sociallyunfilteredpod. You can find the podcast where wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, I'll link everything in this episode description. Whether this is your first time listening to the Social Media Survival Guide or your millionth re-listen, thank you for being here. But I'm so excited to start this new journey with you. So please come hang out with us over on Socially Unfiltered. We would love to have you. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode that you were trying to listen to. And hopefully I'll see you over there. Enjoy. Welcome to the Social Media Survival Guide, a paid media co-podcast all about surviving social media. We'll go on deep dives into what goes on behind the scenes in this industry, interviews with some of the most badass business owners sharing their own experiences, and we'll learn all about the tools and resources you need to survive social media. I'm your host, Lex, and I'm just surviving social media one day at a time. Let's get into it. Hi, what's up? I'm so happy to be back. Happy Friday! I am recording this literally an hour after I got home from the airport. I have taken my computer and the charger out of my bag and I am so incredibly happy to be sitting back at my desk. So if you didn't hear last week's episode, I went on a content shoot with one of my clients to Miami and oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was so much fun. It was so, so unbelievably hot. But getting to see my clients like do their thing and watching them thrive and watching the opportunities that they're creating for themselves that they are, you know, blessing me to come on this journey with them truly brings tears to my eyes sometimes and makes me so incredibly happy. I have a couple things I need to say before we get into this episode. So first of all, thank you so, 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 so incredibly much being here right now for listening to this episode, whether this is your first episode or if you've listened to, I think this is episode 13, which is wild to me. If you've listened to all of them, if you listen to one, no matter what your connection is to this podcast or to me or to Page Media Co., seriously, thank you for being here because I I don't know what I would be doing. When we were in Miami this past weekend, I was talking to employees who work for Twitch. If you remember with the episode with Braylon, we kind of dove into a little bit of Twitch and then one of my clients, that's pretty much her primary platform and I'm going to have her on the podcast at some point to dive a little bit more into what exactly Twitch is and what type of community it builds and just like what the purpose of it is but I was talking to people who work for Twitch and one of them was like I I can't believe what you do like for a job I cannot believe that this is what you know do all day and like you have to have really thick skin and it really was just wild to me because I I don't know what else I would be doing if I didn't do this. And I know I've said it a literal million times, but I used to coach group fitness. I was doing event planning for a little bit. I had an Etsy shop and I've, I, of all of the things that I've ever done, 
Page Media Co. is the most natural that anything has ever felt. And just the fact that I have the opportunity at 6 p.m. on a Monday to be sitting here recording an episode, talking to you guys, like, I just don't know what else I would be doing. So seriously, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with the ads that I put in the episodes so that I can keep them free and make sure that I can put out as much free content as possible. I'm sorry that you have to listen to the ads. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so incredibly much. So now that I have the main thank yous out of the way, I also want to say thank you to everybody who reached out after in the intro of last week's episode. I said, please, please tell me if this is an episode that you want to hear about you know, travel shoots and how I set everything up and just kind of everything that comes along with those. I really am a words of affirmation person and I need somebody to tell me that they want to hear something before I'll do it. And I, I'm very thankful that people want to hear about that because it's something that I get asked about all the time. And I didn't know if a podcast episode would help get a lot of that information across. You know, I've made TikToks about it. I've made Instagram posts. I've talked about it on my stories, but I've never really gone like super in depth or in detail with what they entail, what they include, what it, you know, how we plan, how we package them, how we price them. So that will for sure be next week's episode. I would love to be able to record it for this week and have it out on Friday, but in Lex fashion, I've only given myself three days of work between getting back from this trip and leaving for one on Friday, which the one on Friday isn't that crazy. We're just going to my boyfriend's sister's graduation and it's, we're driving. So it's a little less chaotic than flying, but I have to use all of my time this week to get all of my clients caught up as well as my own content. And if you're listening to this as a social media manager, you know how it goes. So if you have any questions specifically about travel content shoots or how they're included into my packages or what they entail, please, please, please use that Ask Me Anything resource on my website. It's pagemediaco.com slash askmeanything. And thank you so much if you have entered any questions into there. It's been really cool to see what people are asking, not only that, but also to have that one landing place for everything has been so convenient. So next week when I get back to recording a full episode, a full solo episode, I should say, I will for, I will for sure include a lot of these questions from the Ask Me Anything. So if you haven't already, go submit your questions there. And then just really quick before I talk about what this episode is about and who the guest is, make sure we're staying connected on your favorite social media platforms. You can find me on both Instagram and TikTok at Page Media Co. You can find my YouTube channel under Page Media Co. My website is pagemediaco.com. Any and everything. I'm your host, Lex. If we haven't met, please, please say hi. Please slide into my DMs. All day I'm connecting with small business owners and social media managers and it's the most fulfilling part of what I do. It's right their level with my client work. So I love connecting with you. I love hearing what you have to say. I love helping however I possibly can. But let's talk about what this episode is about. So today's guest is Christina of The Pretty Penny. So you can find her Instagram and her TikTok both at underscore the pretty penny but her name's christina and she's kind of in that same situation that i am where her business name is easily confused for her first name so a lot of people call her penny but her name's christina so christina has a lot of super valuable information when it comes to how to be a freelancer especially when it comes to your finances so she really is a career coach a life coach success coach and she i feel like i say this with every guest but she's so good at what she does and i have learned so much from her even just from following her on socials i think we talk about this in the episode but the way that we originally connected about her coming on and talking about some of this stuff was i had posted a tiktok that was you know that tiktok in the audio is like I'll be honest, I don't really understand. So I had posted a TikTok with a joke like, oh, when my friends who work corporate jobs are telling me about their 401ks and their benefit plans, but 
I've been self-employed for five years. Like, I don't understand. I don't get the benefits. I don't understand 401ks. I understand none of it. And of course, that's why we hire professionals to help us with that stuff, accountants, all of those things. But as freelancers, there's just so much information out there and it's so hard to know exactly what's right and exactly what to look into. And something that I personally have been struggling with lately is debating between getting health insurance or not. And I don't ever love talking about this stuff. One, like full disclaimer, full transparency. I'm not an expert on that topic and Christina isn't either. And you'll hear exactly what we talk about. It's a little bit more like financial and how to, you know, instead of looking at it as I have too many bills and I don't make enough money, look at it as, okay, how do I increase my income so that I don't have to cut back on my monthly expenses? So like one example is people are like, oh, don't buy Starbucks. You're spending $5 a day. That's $35 a week. That's $140 a month. And it's like, well, instead of cutting out that $140, you know, Starbucks budget, why don't we just figure out how to make an extra $140 a month to pay for that Starbucks budget? That's more so the mindset that Christina has and what we talk a lot about. But back to the health insurance stuff. So something I've been struggling with a little bit lately is trying to figure out if it's more worth it for me to pay monthly for a health insurance premium or if it just makes more sense for me to pay out of pocket anytime I need to go to the doctor or the dentist because I don't go very often. I don't have any pre-existing conditions that require me to get a lot of doctor or dental care. So I, you know, my six months for a cleaning and yearly doctor's checkups and stuff like that is really all I have to worry about. And it was so funny because the day before we had this call scheduled, I was on the phone with like health insurance people trying to figure it out. They just want to push you into something. They're like, look how great this is. Look at all these things that you get, but it's a $5,000 deductible. And again, I'm not a professional, full disclaimer. I, I'm not saying any of this as advice. I'm saying this as like, this is the shit that we deal with as self-employed freelancers. If you're not familiar with what the deductible of your insurance means, it essentially with a $5,000 deductible, you would have to pay $5,000 out of pocket for medical and doctor visits and costs before your insurance kicks in. Now, that's not to say that a lot of plans come with, you know, you would be paying 20 to 40% of the full cost of service because you have the insurance. So it's not like you're still paying full price, but $5,000 deductible, like I don't even spend $5,000 out of pocket going to these doctors and dentist visits a year. So to me, it just doesn't make sense to pay $500 a month for something when I'm going to pay less than that to pay it out of pocket. So I know this is all like super boring and it's, I hate that it's boring because it really is so important. It's so hard for me to have guests on to talk about this stuff specifically because it's so unique to you. Obviously everybody has different health concerns. So health insurance is something that, you know, is a touchy subject to talk about in a general form. But anyway, how did we get here? Talking about the episode and what it's about. Instead of telling you what the episode's about, I just told you everything it's not about. Anyway, Christina's mindset is super cool. I love the way that she teaches. If you don't already follow her on socials, definitely check her out because she shares a ton of really, really helpful information. She also is so incredibly generous and you can just like book calls with her to just chat, ask some questions. You know, you're not paying $500 for a consultation fee. She's incredibly sweet, so knowledgeable. I'm so glad that she gave us some of her time to talk about this, but okay, I'm gonna wrap this up. 
I've been talking for way too long. I always do this with intros. Let me know, as always, if you have any questions, make sure to follow along. Make sure you use the Ask Me Anything. I feel like I need to throw this in here. We had a little bit of audio issues throughout this call, so I did end up having to cut some parts out just because they were a little bit too distorted to even salvage. So if at any point these conversations kind of sound like they don't make sense, it's probably because I had to cut out a middle part. And if it sounds like it's all over the place, I'm so sorry. I tried to do my best with editing and just make it sound like a natural conversation was happening instead of randomly answering questions here or there. But I did leave a lot in. So thank you so much for bearing with me. Thank you for bearing with Christina. It was totally just an internet issue and we'll do my best to not let it happen again. Okay, here we go. I am here with Christina, who is a money and business coach, and I'm pumped that we finally made this happen. We had to reschedule a couple times, but I am so excited to hear what you have to say. So being a money coach, she obviously is going to have a ton of really good insight for people who are freelancers and business owners and just in general, all of the things that come along with that. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, that's awesome. I am really, really excited that we did finally find a time that was going to work. And I I believe in good timing. So I just know that this conversation is going to be the best that it could have been because of all of the the reschedules and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm a money and career coach. And so what I do is I help people live out their best lives when it comes to budgeting, finance, making the right uh, cash flow moves. Cash flow is king in in my book and in my necklace. And this career was just a, a blessing in disguise for, for me. I was burning out and found a way to eliminate my own debt so that I could work in a way that I didn't have to be stuck in a terrible job that I hated just to pay things back. And once I started to see some traction for myself. I had a couple of people ask, Hey, what are you doing? You're like glowing. Are uh-huh. you pregnant? And I'm like, no, it's that I paid off on credit cards and oh I don't have to stress like I did before. It's, oh my gosh, how did you do that? And so I would explain and the rest is kind of history. And here we are now in 2022, yeah. thriving money in career coach business. And I apologize. I think I said money in business coach. So we'll make sure that make sure I address you correctly. So I, I love hearing about that and just to give like a little kind of background of how we ended up here. So Christina and I crossed paths on TikTok. I, I know I followed you for a while and then I had posted a TikTok kind of joking about how freelancers don't really have either the information available to them or when it the information is available, it's very confusing, especially to somebody who has no experience with that. So that was kind of how we ended up with scheduling this because you had commented and you were like, no, like I know I have things to say about this. And I was like, I need you on the podcast. So just kind of jumping into it. I know we just talked a little bit before we started recording, but how did you end up with this? Like, I know you just kind of gave a little bit of background, but And just kind of what entails, you know, working with you, what does a session with you look like? What kind of programs do you do? And what are some of the main goals that you usually accomplish with the people that you are working with? Man, those are some excellent questions. I absolutely love them. I'm going to start with what I remember. I'm like sitting here taking notes and like, okay, when I talk to people, I need to ask them these things because they're absolutely wonderful. And I, I ended up in this career 
I will tell you completely by accident. Okay. This was never anything that I set out to do. This was a natural byproduct, I guess, of the bad circumstances that I found myself in. So I did the very normal thing, you know, going to school, getting really good grades in high school. I killed myself in high school. I had no social life. And just to make sure I come from a a family, the only thing I knew about money growing up is that we didn't have any. Mm -hmm. So I knew that my parents hadn't put away any money for college. I knew that that wasn't going to be an option. So in high school, I took a lot of extra classes. I graduated with, I think, 36 credits of college. And I like literally had no life and did things the normal way, you know, the normal way that they tell you to do where you go to school, get good grades, get into college, get good grades there, get an internship, work for free, join a company, start at the bottom, work your way to the top and live happily ever after. And I did all of those right things to do. And I burned out at the age of 25. I was in a massive amount of student loan and credit card debt because that's how I dealt with my stress. I'm a spender when it comes to stress. And really funny for the first year of my marriage, I couldn't figure out why anytime my husband and I would get into an argument, why my car was driving itself to Target. But that's, that's what my mom did. And some of my earliest memories are of us driving to the mall, buying the thing, putting the bags in the trunk, waiting until my dad left to take the bags inside, take all the tags off of everything, hang everything up, pretend like it's always been there, and take the tags back, put them in the bag, put the bag back in the trunk, and go throw it away at a gas station so that dad doesn't find out. And so I had all of these these bad money habits. So when I was in a job that I hated, in a career that I wouldn't have necessarily chosen for myself, it was just what was available at the time Mm -hmm. with the degree that I got. And with all of that stress that came along with that, I fell into, so not only did I have the student loan debt, but then I amassed a huge amount of credit card debt and consumer debt. And then very unexpectedly found myself without a job. So it was in 2009 that I I was without a job and I had a three-month-old at home, which is an, a total other story, and an 18-month-old also. I had two boys at the time. I have a daughter now in addition to that. But I just couldn't handle I had no income and all of the bills kept coming in even though the money wasn't right and so I did something about it I I taught myself different strategies I went online I researched like crazy my degree is in history which will teach you how to do proper research so I went through and went through every financial guru that I could possibly find on the face of the planet and some of them had really good ideas and some of them had really terrible ideas and so I just kind of like cherry picked all of these different ideas and put them together and within 18 months was able to get rid of the vast majority of the the consumer debt and before we even bought our first house I had completely eliminated all of the student loan debt. Wow. And it was just different. You know, you walk around different when you don't have the stress of finances looming over you all of the time. And I had friends and family that like, literally, what are you on? I got to get with your doctor because whatever they've prescribed you, I'm going to need some of this. And you're like, no, no. Yeah. And it wasn't even, it didn't even take getting debt free 
one credit card bill going yeah. away. I'm like, I've got five extra dollars and right. extra dollars like, to the next credit card and yep. that kind of stuff. Those are the strategies that I teach people. Very simple, very yep. basic. They don't cost any money. It's just being more strategic with the money that you already have. Yeah. And I was able to see progress. When I was 18, I was never taught growing up the importance of credit and my parents had instilled very bad money relationships in me like you said all you knew was you didn't have any that's what I was told growing up so growing up I had such a scarcity mindset about money I just didn't learn anything I knew nothing and so when I was 18 I opened a bunch of credit cards and essentially maxed them all out and never paid them back. Like I just did not know that you had to pay credit cards back. It's been a long 10 years of learning. But what happened was by the time I was 19, 20, my credit score was like 450, like so bad because I I ruined it. Like I had no idea. So then I went down this rabbit hole of figuring out how do I fix my credit? Like, what do I do? I was sending out, what are they called? 609 letters. I, I eventually paid it all off between settlements and just like snowball method where I was like, all right, start with the smallest one, just get that one done. So I'm not like an expert in any of this, but I did from the age of 21 to 23. I essentially taught myself everything there is to know about credit because I knew nothing about it. Like it just wasn't something that talked about. My school never talked about it. My parents never talked about it. And then on top of having the bad relationships with money instilled in me, it just wasn't a good time. So it took me forever to kind of get to the point where I am now, where I, I no longer have the scarcity mindset. I no longer look at money as something that has to be hoarded. Like it's, I've come along a long way, but to hear that you kind of had that same, you know, growing up, this wasn't something that was talked about. It wasn't something that was instilled in us in a, a good way. Like so many people my age, I feel like have issues with money in their relationship with money because of how they were raised. But yeah, credit was a weird thing because I knew nothing about it but it is a really weird thing mm -hmm. the whole system doesn't actually make that much sense when you think about it practically no and and so even if you do know or you're in the know it's still confusing as all get out oh, yeah. like you kind of have to suspend your logical brain in order to understand why this is because you yep. would you would think that somebody who has a lot of money in savings and doesn't owe anybody any money would be very lendable would, you know, they could go out and they could get a business loan or they could get a mortgage or they could get those kind of things. Yeah. And it's more difficult. You almost have to owe somebody money before that improves, yeah. like it improves your credit. It's just, it's nuts. It's so it's weird. Totally yep. And like and credit too, like if you buy a house, your credit score goes, like it tanks. It's so wild to me, these things that they want you to do and then you do it and it's like, or like even just on credit cards, like sometimes it's better to leave that small. Also, I want to disclaim this. I'm not a professional or an expert. I'm just saying what I've gathered over the years, but I know sometimes like depending on a lot of different factors, it's actually better to leave like a small amount month to month than it is to pay it all off at once. And even money in general, mm -hmm. money is not math. Mm -hmm. Money is emotional. If you're sitting down with a professional, because there, there are a lot of people that, that do what I do. And when I was kind of reviewing the financial gurus, you know, I, I read every book that I could get my hands on, old, new, whatever. And so many people took the approach of just do this math hmm. makes sense you know this is how you maintain a budget but the emotion they don't account for it at all 
And so when you ask, like, what, what does the session look like with me? Mostly for the first couple of months, what I work on with clients is how to get into the right mindset of a relationship with money, because yes. money is one of the most important relationships that an individual will ever have. And it is a relationship. It is emotional. Mm. And if you can't figure out what your triggers are, it doesn't matter. We could put together the best game plan on mm. paper by the numbers. It's going to be perfect. But if we don't figure out what triggers the excessive spending or the, you know, the unplanned shopping spree to TJ Maxx or whatever, if we can't get that under control, it's just a matter of time before the game plan goes out the window anyway. Right. It's, we're, we're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that's a definition of insanity. So working with folks I spend at least as much time talking about why their relationship with money is the way that it is as I do putting together a step-by-step, okay, this is what you're going to do first. And this is what we're going to do next month. And then, you know, in the third month, we should be able to to do X, Y, or Z. And then that's going to be paid off. And once that's paid off, we're going to take that extra money and we're going to add it into the next card. And Mm -hmm. if we just keep doing that, you're going to be paying off your mortgage double time. So you're going to be out of debt completely, including a 30 year mortgage in nine years. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Then we get to think about if I didn't have a mortgage and if I didn't have all of these other expenses, what I would want to do with my life. And that's where kind of the career coaching comes in is most people are working jobs they hate just because they have bills that they also hate. For sure. And so it's not a question here of whether, which came first, the chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. If we can eliminate the crazy mountain of debt that's causing you to show, have to show up to a job that you hate. Right. What could your career look like in 10 years, right? What, What other options could you have, even if you had to take a lower salary Mm -hmm. or less benefits, or, you know, even maybe you have a side hustle that isn't making a lot of money, but you love it. Right. You really love what you do and it brings you joy. Then how do we financially put ourselves in a situation where you can participate in more things that bring you joy? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, so I love that you said you're spending as much time getting to the root of where these triggers come from and what the triggers are and what exactly it is that they're triggering. What are some of, how do I want to word this? Like, I know you said you did research and kind of cherry picked from the good advice and things that you liked and wanted to implement. So in a very summarized way, is there anything that you can tell me about the methods that you do implement and like the strategies that you teach people? Is there one method that you kind of always go back to? Like, what does that look like? That's a great question. So everybody starts off on the, in the same spot, which is we have to figure out what is currently going on, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is going to work a lot like a GPS and you need a point A and a point B in order to navigate. You can't just point, you can't put into the GPS point A, do anything. It's like, okay, great. Here we are. We have arrived. If you put in point B, like, okay, well, that looks awesome. Mm -hmm. Really nice place to go, but how am I possibly going to get there if I don't know where I'm starting from? Right? right. And so everyone starts off in the same place, but because, which is a, it's a comprehensive analysis of what they have going on in their current finances. Okay. So income, debt, savings, expenses, and goals and dreams. Okay. Those five categories. And we sit down, but because everybody's current situation and everybody's 
point B or point Z, whatever, like whatever right. you want your life to kind of look like, because all of that's different, every single plan is hundred percent customized to right. whatever they want. And it's subject to change. So I meet with clients at least every six months. Once we have a plan in place, just to make sure, are you sure that that place that you said you wanted to go is where you really want to go? Cause things might change. They might yeah. come up. And, and so we always start with those five categories, but where we move from there is going to depend on the client and their goals. And also the tools that I give different clients. I have a, a large tool about like, like arsenal of different things. Yeah. But people will always ask me all the time, like, this is one question that I get a lot is what's the best budgeting tool? The one that you'll use. That's it. Like, what's the best budgeting tool? The one that you use. I was going to say, whatever works for you, I feel like is there's not one that is a one size fits all. That's kind of what inspired that question was like, I, I just know from doing my own like credit stuff. I was like, cause my friends had asked me, like, I still have people now. They're like, remember when you did that like whole credit thing? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, could you help me with mine? And I'm like, probably not. Cause I have no idea. I have no idea what yours looks like. It took me long enough to figure my own out. So that's why I was like, I'm sure that you're not like a concrete blueprinting when you're going in with these people, which is nice because obviously this situation requires very customized planning. So I love hearing that it's kind of not a one size fits all, which I don't think finances are at all. So yeah, you. well, they shouldn't be right. The concepts are the same, which is spend less than you make. Like there are a couple of just very, very simple concepts mm-hmm. that if you can lock them down, you're going to end up better, making better financial choices more yeah. often, right? So spend less than you make. That's number one. Now for a lot of people, I will tell you when they come to see me, they don't necessarily have a spending problem. They have an income problem. That was going to be a question that I wanted to ask. Like what happens in the situation where somebody really is just like in over their head with their debts and stuff that their income just straight up doesn't cover what they owe every month? And that's a good question. It's, it's also your goals and dreams are bigger than your current budget, right? Like that's what I see more often than anything is I've got big plans. I've got big dreams. I want to do this, or I want to like go on this vacation, or I want to do at least a vacation a year. or I want to do this for my kids. And most people just have an income deficit. And that's why, how I think about myself is not just a money coach, but also a career coach where I'll sit down, like, what are you good at? What could you monetize, especially in this digital age where you, this, this has never existed before in the time of the internet, free social media. There are just so many free things that you can start that just take a little bit of understanding, right? Like Amazon print on demand, you can do print on demand through Etsy. You can create UGC content where you're helping brands create organic videos or, you know, pictures to promote their stuff. There are just so many things that you can do that take almost no time. And you can get in with a very low threshold of information and understanding because there's such a high demand for this kind of stuff that you could make an extra 500 or a thousand dollars a month. Now you are probably not going to do that in your first month, but you can do that by your sixth month. Right. Well, yeah, that pays off like a very significant amount of something, but that's what I was going to say is like so many people that I, that I talk to specifically that this is just kind of like ringing a bell with so many people come to me devastated that they aren't hitting 10 K in their first month. 
because of what they see on social media where they're like, this person talks about how much money they make in a month. And I'm like, but it's not the first month. I'm like, you have to stick it out. And like, if you're hitting 10K in your first month, good for you. You've hit the jackpot. You've hit the lottery. Like you're doing so good. Like congratulations. But for the mass majority of people who are starting some sort of side hustle like that, it it takes time to pick up. And I just feel like it gets so discouraging for people when it doesn't happen immediately. So I love to hear you say that. Like, I love to hear you say that, you know, that goal will be happening by your sixth month or by the third month. Like it, it's just going to take some time to kind of perfect, but eventually that could be your vacation money every year. Like that could be the extra payment to your mortgage. Like it, it seems so small in retrospect, but then when you start to add it up, it's amazing. So I love that that's kind of something that you do with people is you help them figure out, you know, what monetization route is best for you based on what you like and what you do. When it comes to these, you know, side hustles and extra income that you're helping people through, what are some of the ones that you, can you give me like examples of ones that you've like helped people set up? I have some clients that are just super creative and they can design uh, using Canva, which is a free tool, great graphics, and they have Etsy print on demand where they use Printful or Printify. I think those are two of the main ones. And they make t-shirts, but they have like little notebooks that you can, that you can buy with a hundred pages, like a journal, but it says something cute or witty on the front of it or mugs that say really sassy or, you know, and they, they have these creative minds. They have this idea. They'll pick up on trends because they're on social media anyway. So especially like if, let's say you were a realtor. Okay. Let's say somebody was a realtor and they had to create a workbook for new, like a new buyer consultation. So you have all of your information for if you're trying to get a listing, right? A listing appointment, including your backstory and your client testimonies and all of these different things. And you have this, well, you just take out all of your personal stuff. Now it's a template. And so you list that on Etsy and somebody can buy it. And some other realtor can buy your template for five bucks and there is no cost except for the fee that Etsy takes or whatever. Well, and that's and- the cool thing about Etsy is that it has the internal search features. Like it's not the same as getting a website and listing them. Like Etsy does all, not does it for you. Like you do have to do like keyword research and stuff, but the internal search feature of Etsy, I think is the biggest game changer between just like throwing it up on your website one day. And yeah. if I were not that I'm doing this, I don't do this, but I know that there's a lot of controversy right now around Etsy increasing its prices and fees associated with this stuff, but you can't tell me that the juice is worth the squeeze because people wouldn't be fighting to stay on Etsy if the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Right. And prices are going to go up Mm -hmm. for good services and Etsy just keeps getting better and better. And yeah, they're going to charge more per transaction because of which is like, I hate it. Right. I hate it. Just overview looking at it. But at the end of the day, the small, I say small, very like subjectively, because sometimes depending on what you're selling, it could be very large, but like templates that are under $5, like it's not a huge fee, but that fee that they're taking to me is worth the time that you're saving, having to do that external search 
work, like as opposed to putting it like just on your website. Like I would rather pay that extra little fee. I'm not even going to say little, I would rather pay that extra fee to be listed on Etsy than to have to then take all of that responsibility on my own, on my website. You can make a lot, not maybe not a lot of money, but like a lot for a side hustle. If you leave good Amazon reviews, if you leave a lot of Amazon reviews and it's a verified purchase. So like what I would literally do if I were thinking about doing this is go back through every purchase that I've ever made from Amazon. Amazon looks at the accounts and how many reviews and you can apply to be a professional reviewer on Amazon. And depending on like, chances are you've been buying mostly the same stuff. Like if you're a mom, you've been buying lots of stuff in the kids category. You go through, you write a review on everything that you've, you've had like a true and honest experience and you'll have mom type companies reaching out to you to either give you free product or pay you to write the reviews. And maybe it's only a hundred bucks a week. That's a hundred dollars just started showing up in your bank account. You wouldn't send it back. Right. And so that's kind of the emotional, logical thing that I have with clients. They're like, oh my gosh, that just sounds like so much work. And you tell them, you're like, level, like, listen, can I talk to you like a sister? That's one of the things that I say probably a hundred times a day. Oh my can I gosh. talk to you like sister? If you had $75 showing up every day, would you care where you came from? Right. No, probably not. Okay, right. great. So I'm going to take that extra money. We're going to put it toward this debt or we're going to do something else with it or we're going to save for a vacation. The one thing, the one thing that I never give advice about, like you'll never hear me telling clients that they could just be super rich if they just never went to Starbucks. Like that's not, that's not my deal. That is not my advice. Whoever's telling you that is trying to sell you something. You shouldn't have to go without things that make you happy just because they cost a little extra money. And here's the reality of that. Okay. You can only cut back so far. Like, let's say your expenses are $2,000 a month, $3,000 a month between housing and all that stuff. How far are you going to cut back before you end up under the bridge? Right. Okay. Let's say you cut out all of your housing. Let's say you cut out your car, your insurance, you cut out all this stuff and you've got $500 a month to spend on food, but you live in like, you're living under the bridge. You can't reliably get to a job. You can't do any of this stuff. Whereas earning more, there's no limit on that. Right. So if you look at those two side by side, earning more money just makes more sense. And let's get a good side hustle going. Ideally, we'll pay you whether or not you're working, right? Because in the digital products, like we were talking before, and there's a lot of things that you can do that like there are certain aspects of my compensation as you know, as a professional in my industry that I get paid on a residual basis. It's mm-hmm. passive. And I'm still getting paid today for work that I did eight years ago. Right. That's been such a blessing. My, my husband and I, we live a semi-retired lifestyle because yeah. we have money coming in, whether we work or not. And it did, it took us a decade to get to that point, but we're semi-retired before the age of 35. I know people who make it all the way to their eighties and never get to experience a semi-retired lifestyle, much less a retired lifestyle. For sure. And so I just, I think it's really bad advice Mm -hmm. to, and this is where it gets kind of really nerdy. Okay. I get really nerdy. So my degree is in history. 
but my concentration was Roman Greco warfare and strategy. Oh my God. It's the nerdiest thing that you could ever do. Okay? I just don't even like, know what that means. And a yeah. bunch of guys that play Dungeons and Dragons. And nothing against guys who play oh Dungeons and Dragons because I'm married to one. But that was my whole college career, okay? It was me and those guys. But there, there's a very, there is a very strategic idea throughout history when it comes to, to battles that you see over yeah. and over and over again. And it's that you can't retreat your way to victory. Time advance, right? You have to advance to win the wars. You might, you might win a battle or two by retreating, but you're never going to win the war. And so the advice that you have to cut back out of your life until you're literally miserable is such crap advice, especially when side hustles are, and not even, I say side hustles, but just the way that we can automate income in this digital age of the internet, everybody could be doing it. Yeah. It just takes a lot of time and learning to get set. And so many people just don't want to commit to like what I just did with the template shop literally anybody could do that. Like anybody in the whole world could do what I just did. But it took me like, I I would say combined like 30 to 40 hours by the time I started making those templates to the time that I hit publish on my website. And like, was it the most enjoyable time of my life? No, like it was really late nights. It was doing work after I didn't feel like doing work anymore. But, and not even that I did that with the intention of like, this is going to be another income stream. Like genuinely, I just wanted people to have access to these things. Cause I feel like there isn't access to them, especially for social media managers. But like I said, it's not, it's not rocket science. Like in the nicest way that I know how to say it, like anybody could figure out what I just did. And I'll even tell people exactly how I did it. It's, I think there's so many people that don't want to commit the time that it's going to take to get over that learning curve is it's unfortunate. I just think as people were taught that like, if you don't know something, like don't even bother, don't even bother attempting, don't bother trying, you're going to fail. And I hate that. Yeah. And, and so it is, it's, it's basic, you know, all of this winning with money is basic. It's not rocket science. It requires discipline. Mm -hmm. It requires consistency. And most of what works is not is not going to be done fast well and i was going to say any goal that you want to accomplish ever comes with having to be consistent and dedicated and accountable and hard work like nothing that you're ever going to get in life that's worth it is going to come easy so it's like this isn't anything different and it's going to take time yeah you know it's it's going to take time that's the other thing like having to convince people the time is going to pass regardless for sure. It's just kind and of what you well, do with it. Right. The time is going to pass on you regardless. And so if the time is going to pass, why not do the hard new thing and maybe get a different result? Yeah. When I first took this business full-time, I had left my full-time corporate job, which gave me benefits. Mm-hmm. And then trying to figure out, even like just looking at the different packages online. I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. Like I have nobody to ask these questions to, cause I don't know anybody else who's looking for benefit packages as a self-employed freelancer. And then when you said that comment, I was like, I need to know what you're thinking. Like, come tell me everything. So you had said like, there's options out there that are better than 401ks and that are better than these, you know, other corporate options. So can yeah. you talk to me a little bit about what you do recommend for somebody kind of in that freelance space and 
benefits in general. I know that's not like your number one forte, but I would love to hear your input on it because like I said, you've got my brain wheels turning. I think it's an important conversation to have because I do think that too often people will stay in a job that they don't like because they're afraid that they're going to lose this benefits package that comes along with it when really every single thing that you have available in your benefits package, which is a a group plan through an employer, that a corresponding product exists Mm -hmm. in the free market. Okay. And so it, and you're paying, you're paying for it anyway. Right. Right. It just doesn't feel like you're paying for it because it's coming out of your check before you actually get the check. You know, it's the same reason why I think people wouldn't actually pay taxes if it didn't come out of the check. Like they would be up in arms. People would be up in arms if they had to go down and write a check for taxes every single month. It automatically happens. We all just kind of let it happen. Yeah. And like, okay, whatever. Right. And so you do have to move into a space of personal accountability with your money and your priorities. Okay. With your money and your priorities. And so I won't, I won't talk about health insurance specifically because that is not my wheelhouse. Okay. That is not my wheelhouse. I, that stuff changes more than some people change their underwear, unfortunately. And I just don't have the time or the desire to keep up with that. Okay. But when we're talking about other, so your group products at work, you have group investment products and you have group life insurance products. Okay. And so those benefits, there are better options in the free market. And I'll just kind of briefly explain why I'm not going to give any specific recommendations, but I'll go through, you know, why it is that way. So your employer pays a company to provide those. So they pay companies like Fidelity or they pay companies like uh, MetLife or whoever it is that's offering these benefit packages. And it costs your business, your employer, believe it or not, they have to pay these money management companies to offer these benefits to you. And there is a menu for these benefits. So like your investment options, there's a menu and the larger the menu, the more expensive it is for your employee. So generally employers will pick the smallest menu of offerings that they possibly can, right? And so if you're contributing to a 401k and you're getting a match, that's great because that's free money. If you get a match, you know, you put in a dollar, they put in a dollar, that's 100% growth. You're not going to find 100% growth anywhere in the market. Anybody who tells you that they can get you that is literally selling you something, okay? So don't believe them. But- If you're contributing to a 401k and they're not matching, you're contributing to a very small menu of options and you could have, there are a million other options out there that you could get with an IRA. Okay. And so that would be the equivalent of a 401k just in the private sector. Now, if you're a self-employed person, you have even more options available to you in that you could open up what's called a IRA, 
this has huge contribution limits. So you can put a lot of money into it every single year. You can deduct that against your business income. So you don't have to pay as much in taxes. This is really ideal if you find that you are paying taxes as a self-employed person at the end of every year. And the way that I think about it and encourage my clients to think about it is if I am giving uh, $10,000 to the IRS in taxes that I'm never getting, or I could put $10,000 into a retirement account that I can't touch now, but I at least get back at the age of 59 and a half or older. And my options are give the government money that I'll never see again, or put money away that I will see eventually. I'm going to pick the get put money away where I see it eventually. Like, yeah, me sure. yeah. even as a self-employed person, you can set up your own. That's called a solo 401k. If you're a self-employed person, or even if you have an S corp with, and it's just you, you're the only employee you can create for yourself the same benefit that you would have at your job, except for you have your menu, which is like a million different options to choose from. Yeah. And the reason that that's important in an investment portfolio is the more options that you have in your investments, the more things that you are invested in, you're what we call more diversified. And what that means in layman's terms is that you're just not keeping all of your eggs in one basket and not having all of your eggs in one basket the same way in your investments. The same way that one stream of income is the most volatile place for you to be because you are one step away from no income whatsoever. Right. Having multiple places where your money is being invested, it mm -hmm. does the same thing. You diversify your income, you can diversify your investments. And that's why, in my opinion, they're a lot better. There are a lot better options yeah. available to you. And the same thing goes with, with life insurance. Your, your group insurance policy has a bunch of terms and conditions. Your company owns the policy. Okay. You don't personally own the policy. So if you ever leave that job, chances are you can't take that with you. If you can't take it, even if you can't take it with you, usually the price skyrockets out of control. And there are two main factors when it comes to life insurance that contribute almost entirely to the cost of it. And that's the age at which you buy it and the health condition that you're in. And so the earlier you buy it, like we're never getting younger, right? So buying it earlier makes the most sense because I don't know anybody that suffers from Benjamin Button syndrome and our bodies are designed to get less and less healthy over time, not more and more so. I know. So having here, I'm about to go for life insurance. Well, you know, I do happen to know somebody who handles that. I was going to say, I might have like a one-on-one -on -one session with you for this. You know, and it is, it's just, we, but mostly, okay. And I, I'm not, I'm not saying this so that for, for, you know, for any ulterior motive, I think the biggest thing is don't stay in a crappy job just because you think that the benefits are good. And right? that's a corporate job for so long. Like I was like, yeah. Because the only thing we're ever really taught is like, you need health insurance. You have to have health insurance. Like, so to me, that was enough for me to stay at this job that I was miserable in because all I knew was you're not going to get benefits like this outside of this job. And it wasn't just that job saying it was in general. We're kind of like, we're just kind of taught yeah. that. And now, I mean, can I ask I, you a question? Yeah. When did you ever use that health insurance other than annual like physicals I didn't you didn't no I never did. but that's what right. I because like to me it was like to have this and I'm like for what like I literally don't go to this and here's the other thing even if you have health insurance if you end up with a major medical catastrophe you're still going bankrupt over it 
even if you have the health insurance. We're paying all this money to avoid the bankruptcy that comes along with the catastrophe, but we're going to go bankrupt. Chances are from the catastrophe anyway. So why am I paying all this money every single month? Like there, there are a lot of other things that you can do. I, I personally, I pay my doctors in cash. My doctors love it. Yeah. Because they don't have to pay their receptionist seven billing hours just to fill out the insurance paperwork and all of that kind of, I get a discount because I'm paying cash. And we do a lot of like preventative maintenance. My husband is like, he's a gym rat. He all the time. I am in the gym every day, but only because I like to drink my calories and I'm obsessed with carbs. So that's why I go to, but we do like a lot of preventative maintenance. We take a good amount of vitamins. We're active. We're healthy. We do all of this other kind of stuff. Like, you know, really contribute to our poor health very much. And so we go get checked out once a year. Yeah. Cost us 500 bucks. I used to pay $500 a month for our health insurance. Yeah. Okay. So I'm receiving a boatload of money. So even if my business which it wasn't in the beginning, even though my business isn't super profitable, I'm saving $500 every single month because I'm just not paying for this health insurance that I don't even use. And I wish somebody had the guts to tell me that it was going to be okay, that it's not the end of the world to not have health insurance. It's so funny to how relevant this is because for the last two years, I haven't had health insurance. And the only time I've had to go and like pay anything out of pocket was because I wear contacts and glasses and I wasn't about to do a separate insurance plan for just vision. But yeah, I recently was like, okay, I really need to go to the doctor. And I started looking into like all of these plans and my boyfriend works in healthcare. So I know he has like a little more understanding of it than I do, but we were sitting there listening to the girl explain the different things. And I heard her say, oh, it's a $5,000 deductible. In the meantime, you get, I, it was like 40 to 60% off like any visits that you go to that aren't covered. And I was like, but on top of the $400 I would be paying a month, it's cheaper for me to just go alone. And I started calling, like I called the dentist's office and was like, hey, do you guys take patients without insurance? And they were like, yeah, we even have a new patient special going on. And I was like, how did I not like dive into all of this before? Like you are just so conditioned to think like you're nothing without health insurance. And I'm like, I don't know. I've been, I think I've been doing okay. And like truly the amount I was spending in a year is on paying like that benefit is less than what I've spent just going. So it's, it's been a really tough pill to swallow because like, I feel like sometimes you're made to feel like you're less than like, if you don't have all of these benefits and have all of this insurance, but I'm like, I don't know. I've been doing okay. I'm like, I don't want to like give people yeah. that advice, but I'm like, I, it's fine. It's not as much of the end of the world as corporations make it seem. And it's just, it's such a weird flex to right. me that people are using their benefits package at work to compare with each other. And really what it is, is the corporate machine needs a cog. Yeah. And so for me personally, my husband, we were on vacation eight months last year. Yeah. When you add everything up, like I maybe worked two months out of the entire year. Okay. Because, because I wanted to, you know, because I built it for 10 years and yep. my kids are getting older and I wanted to enjoy them and I want yeah. to enjoy my husband. And I, you know, this was just the season that we were in and I take all of the money that I don't spend on health insurance and we go to Disney and we go on vacation and we Way do more fun than a doctor. And it's just, you know, I just priorities are different, but it makes priorities me so happy how good your dental is. 
Right. Like, congratulations. Right. Like, but it makes I, for eight months. I think that's a flex. Other people yeah. are going to think that's, but that's yep. okay. I'm just going to do me. They can continue doing them. But I think that there are some people who are stuck in between and they don't know how good it is on the other side. I wish somebody had the guts to yeah. tell me that. So I wasn't in, figuring it out. The, yeah. I think even in the entrepreneur world, like we don't talk about this stuff very yeah. much, at least not candidly. Right. And because of that, people assume mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they're making all of this money. And so they're paying for all of these normal things. Like, yeah. no, actually, I still don't pay for that because <laughs> some things in the benefits package were worth replacing, yeah. in my opinion, in my personal economy, some of them were worth replacing and some of them weren't. Right. And, and it's going to be so different for everybody. Like, I don't want anybody who hears this to be like, I'm going to go cancel my health insurance. Cause like, if it makes sense mm-hmm. for you to have it, then it makes sense yeah. for you to have it. But like you said, like I, I notice it in a lot of comment sections that so many people, their first question is what about benefits? What about health insurance? Mm-hmm. Like that's the first question. And to me, that was never a first question. Like that wasn't something like it kept me at my job. But when I finally quit my job, my first thought wasn't, oh my God, I just lost all my benefits. Like that wasn't the first problem that I felt when I did finally oh. give them up. So it just makes me feel really happy that I am possibly doing something right. It is my responsibility, but it is also my privilege absolutely, to, be able to kind of help people figure out whatever it is that's going to make the most sense for them and their situation and live out their life authentically and make sure that the dollars that they spend are a reflection of their their beliefs, their values, their priorities, instead of what other people have told them or what society has conditioned them to believe that they should have. Because a lot of the emotion, you know, the guilt, a lot of the emotion and the guilt comes along with not doing what is authentic. Like you never feel bad about a purchase that is a representation of you and your values and your priorities. Yeah. Like there's no buyer's remorse there. Mm-hmm. You get buyer's remorse when it's inauthentic. Yep. And peeling back the onion on the opinions that and, and conditioning that we get is, is part of the hard work. That's actually probably the hardest work with, with clients that we'll do because the math is easy. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's very simple to write down. This is how much I make. This is how much I spend. Like, yeah, that's simple, but it's, there's so, you have to read between the lines with that. Like there's so, if anybody looked at my finances and was like, you have to stop buying Starbucks or coffee, I'd be like, find something else to cut out. Yeah. Not with me to Starbucks. I'll tell you where else you can go. I'm like, listen, if I have to switch to Dunkin, so it's a little cheaper, like, I guess, but like, it's, I'm not cutting out the things that you shouldn't have to have no extras. Like you shouldn't have to live this life of nothing other than the essentials. Like that's not fair to anybody. It's not fair to yourself. It's not fair to your mental state. Like you are eventually going to push yourself into this hole where you just convince yourself that everything other than a bill is not good to spend money on. I don't like that. Well, and cash works the same way as calories do in this sense. There, it's it's the same behavior. We're just seeing it play out in different aspects of our life but almost everyone knows somebody or was somebody who tried like a very restrictive diet yes right and they might stick to it for 30 days maybe 90 days but eventually what they'll end up doing because they were so restrictive is they will binge 
and they'll oftentimes end up in a worse situation Mm -hmm. than if they had just done nothing. Right. Right. If they had just kept doing what they had been doing instead of trying to make this adjustment because they went, they were so extreme about it and budgeting the same way. And, and so many people, when I say the word budget, they hear a four letter word, right? I hear a four letter word too. Like budget means a four letter word to me. And it's just plan. Okay. It's just a plan and it's a plan for where you want your money to go. Okay. And where your money goes should be reflection of your values and your priorities. Like I have built into my clothes. Like I have a certain amount of money every single month. It goes to clothes. It goes to clothes. It goes to shoes. It goes to earrings. It goes to all of these different things. This is not, this is not my natural hair color. Like I pay a good amount of money to, for, for this. I was born with it and now I have to pay several thousands of dollars a year to maintain yes. this color. I can spend $5 on a clearance pair of shoes from Target and I'm over the moon. Yep. Okay. It's not about the amount of money. It's that we spent the money in places that sparked yes. joy for us. And we were intentional about that. And the yayas I get from shopping, like the feel good, the placebo, or not the placebo, the the endorphins that I get, huge. Oh yeah, when I hit the checkout button on Amazon, it's good for the rest of the day. I'm like riding a high for 24 hours. Real nice. Like better than a glass of wine. I, I understand. And so if you told me to cut out Starbucks or you told me to cut, like coffee is not for me. It's for everybody else. I swear. Like I need that so that I can human with everybody else. This is not, this is not me or food, coffee, food, or clothes. I'm never sticking to a budget like that. I'm never, I would never, if I had, if I told my husband, listen, you can't bring another musical instrument into this house. He'd be like, well, then I'll bring him to a different house. Not really. He would never say that, but you know what I mean? And so that, that's another exercise that people could easily track where, what categories you're spending in that spark the most joy and focus what little discretionary spending you have in that area. And you'll get more miles out of it. And it takes a good six months to figure that out. Once you get figured out, it just kind of autopilots. Well, I was going to say, it's kind of the recurring theme. Like All of these things are just going to take time and going to take time to figure out. I absolutely love your way of thinking about all of it because we just, it's not the world. Like it's not the mass thinking. And I, I always thought I was crazy for feeling and thinking these things, but I am 100% going to ask you to come back for part two because I don't want to take any more of your time. So is there anything else that you want to say in regards to all of that? I feel like my mind has been blown for the last hour, but I think get professional help. People who work with a professional tend to get better results. Obviously, financially, this is like, there are many statistics on this, but just in general, Mm -hmm. people who seek professional help, whether that be mental health, physical Mm -hmm. health, business, money is no, money is no different. Seek professional help from somebody who resonates with you. Okay. When it comes to finance. You really should be looking at, this is a long-term relationship. Yeah. Okay. This is a very, ideally you should be working together 30 or 40 years because you don't, mm-hmm. I'm not, not that I'm saying like if you're in a bad situation, you don't love your money person that you can't jump ship, right. but please do jump ship. Like if you, if you don't resonate with your money person, like run, because For this sure. is a long-term relationship. It should be a joy and a pleasure to work with this person yeah. because this is not transactional. This is a long-term. very long-term thing. Yeah. But people who get professional help outperform people who don't get professional help 10 out of 10 times. 
But I feel like that goes for kind of anything in life. Like you start to pay more attention to things that you're paying money for, like in general, like you, you take things more seriously when you're investing not only your time, but also your money into it. And I, I love that you say somebody who resonates with you because like, I knew that it was like the one person who was saying like, you have to cut out all of the extras. And I was like, that's somebody I would never work well with. So I'm hoping that people listening to this will be able to resonate with you. And I want them to be able to reach out to you to, you know, if you resonate with them, I would love for them to start connecting with you because I think you are such an incredible asset to have in this space and thank you for what you do and thank you for the information that you share i want to make sure that you get a chance to say just your handles or your website or anything that you want to share so is there anything that you want to plug like where people can find you yeah so people can find me both on instagram and tiktok my my handle there is at underscore the pretty penny which i think is actually how we met is i made a brand that is not people think my name is penny (laughs) And yeah. it's not. And I think that's how we first connected to, you know, beat around the bush. But that's you funny. can find me on both Instagram and and TikTok at underscore the penny to either set an appointment I have, which is free. My my personal game plans that I put together for folks are also a free service that I provide. Damn girl. And schedule a consultation for that directly through the links in my bio. And I have a lot of other free resources that I have I'm listed there, budgeting worksheets, huh. different kinds of of set that I think are are helpful for folks. And so it's kind of all in one place. Once you find me on Instagram or TikTok, yeah. it's the same name on, on either one. And you can just reach out at the link in my bio. I, I feel like I could keep going with you on this forever, but thank you so, so much for your time. You will definitely be back. Everybody listening, you can find all of Christina's links and handles and everything. It'll be in the episode description. And yeah, I think that's it. So seriously, thank you. I hope you have the best night and I will talk to you soon. It's been wonderful. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, thanks for being here. Bye. Hey, it's me again, your host, Lex. I would love if you came over to Instagram and hung out with us at the Social Media Survival Guide. You can also find my personal slash business account at Page Media Coach. Make sure we're staying connected in your favorite places. If you or anybody that you know is interested in being a guest on here, please DM me. Again, the quickest way to reach me is going to be at Page Media Co. But make sure you follow at the Social Media Survival Guide just to stay up to date with everything that's going on on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for being here. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.